1: That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hello, everyone. We're all here from Third Coast and what we're going to do. We're going to talk sure. about um, kind of things that we, not things that we necessarily loved or thought were the best of this year, but just the things that we can't forget from this year in the world of audio and podcasting, not like everything in 2017. <laughs> um, so if everyone kind of just wants to say hello and who they are quite quickly, this is our, our most of our Third Coast staff in the room. We'll start over here with Gwen Maxi, who's
3: All right. I'm Gwen Maxi. I host ReSound. I'm Johanna Zorn, executive director.
0: I'm Maya Goldberg-Safer. I am the artistic associate at Third Coast.
4: I'm Isabel Vasquez. I'm the assistant producer for ReSound.
1: Where should we start? Who wants to kind of start with something that they can't forget from the show? Who's very eager? I'm eager. Okay. It's go jo ahead, Joe.
4: I'm eager.
2: I'm very eager. Joe has notes. She's well, I was stuck <laughs> in the airport for five hours. So it I really had yesterday. So I really had time to think about this. And the thing that I can't let go of from twenty seventeen is how much people wanted to talk about S Town afterwards. It's not just they wanted to talk about how great it was. They actually wanted to come together and work out their feelings about it, work out some of the ethical decisions that were made in it in in the over the course of the story of telling the story of John B from Alabama, um, work out how they felt about uh, how his um, you know decision to take his life was handled. Uh, to talk to a former lover was handled. And also to, to, you know, over this course of these seven episodes, we got to sort of know and get, you know, very intimate with this man who we will never meet. And to just try to make sense of who he was. He was such an odd and intense character. So we did two events around it. That's not why I'm saying this. But I felt like they were very successful. And people just loved the (laughs) events as well. But it made a lot of top ten lists. And one thing I read recently was just that they were really questioning why it would make a top ten list when there are things about it that were so concerning, again, about suicide there was some interesting Twitter conversation about this yesterday. Um, And, you know, one person uh, responded to her by saying, well, yeah, it had some problems, but there are people who went into suicide prevention because of this program. And it was still the best thing made this year.
0: Well, how long were you on Twitter yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that after all of that talking about S-Town that you're feelings about the show changed? I
2: think my sh- my feelings about the show continue to change and evolve and that's what's amazing. Again, when I think about all the great work I heard this year, how I feel about it stays mostly in one place but this is an example where it keeps the ground underneath me keeps shifting and yeah. I
4: kind of like that. I agree. How about you? It's also something that I think everyone in this room has listened to more than once. Exactly. Like more so than maybe other pieces. Yeah. Like I, you know, with each listen, I catch something new as well that leaves me thinking about something different than maybe the previous listen. Yeah, yeah. Would Would you have all put it on your top ten list? Of course. Yeah. It, yeah. Was right. it was
3: our
2: director's. Yeah. Choice. i was going to say yeah. <laughs> we, we gave it an <laughs> award. It was definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we thought
4: it was amazing. <laughs> 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 Who's who? Who has another one? Something they can't forget. I think my thing that I can't forget segues nicely off of that because I think this was very much for me at least the year of like miniseries shows about a man's life like (laughs) delving into you know one person and their problems and I can like I have a list here there's Missing Richard Simmons which Mm -hmm. made big waves this year and then Start Up with Dove Charney had a five or six part miniseries about that complicated character um, and then very recently the Pope's Lon Khan with Danny Ray Johnson and Mogul with Chris Lighty and the list goes on Dirty and on. John Dirty John yeah. yeah I mean and even like I think what's interesting is there's all these miniseries and then All these political shows have kind of been doing it with Donald Trump, too. He's been sort of the ubiquitous man that everybody's been picking apart. I mean, the past season of Embedded has just been, like, taking parts of his life and going down different paths to figure out who this guy is. Um, So do you think next year it will be women's lives? Who knows? I don't know. I I don't think that anybody would ask to be put in that spotlight is the thing. It's like, yeah, let's let's scrutinize women the same way. On the other hand, like oof. <laughs> so like you're thinking specifically you. yeah. you're
0: you're you're saying like this is the psychology of someone who like has done something wrong or been involved with something gone awry or or just men. They
4: just happen to be men. I didn't set out making this list thinking, like, oh, they have, they're they all men. You know, this is the year of stories about men. It was more thinking about shows whose sort of central focus is a person and their life and following the thread of their life rather than following, like, maybe a moment in their life right. um, and having that be a multi-part story story. Um, whether as a standalone show or just as a season within a show. And then as I made that list, I realized that they were all men. So,
0: Right. Having a single character psychology picked apart in a in a long series um, reminds me of a critique of S-Town, which is just like how much time we spent with yeah. in this community in Alabama and with, with these characters um, who, for some people, the like blatant racism being mostly unchallenged in the story sort of part of, woven into the story was like hard to sit with for so long and and like be in these people's lives um as that was so present. So I guess like this is reminding me too that these sort of long series that like really um allow you as a listener to spend time with a character, to get to know them, to yeah. get these like details about their lives, like that needs to be extended beyond white men. Yeah. And I think like your list reminds me um, of like how many people deserve that kind of treatment, which doesn't mean deserve it in the sense of like getting to know them as imperfect, flawed, complicated characters. Who's next?
1: I think my, my big thing for the year is kind of like the thing that I've been, I've been really frustrated with in podcasting for the last few years is like people just make a show about a thing and it feels never ending. Like, they're just going to churn out episodes about... I make a show about, like, I don't know, like, people who walk on grass. And I really like the amount of um, just limited series, of things that have an end um, that we're getting and things that feel complete. No, I mean, they don't even feel complete, but just feeling like, okay, we've got the story or, like, the entry point is uh, an arc or a narrative or one thing and it's not going to go on forever and ever and ever and ever um, and I like that as a medium, like it's gotten to a point where you can do that. I mean, in, in speaking of, I'm thinking of like Showcase, let's come out of Radiotopia and the two series that they've done so far um, that are just limited. Uh, and Hepperman's series the the on the Heaven's Gate Court. Um, S-Town is obviously one of them. And I mean, maybe this is all still like serial spawned. But um, no, that's the thing that, I'm happy stuff and like won't forget from this year that things could end. Yes. It is yeah.
2: nice to say that, you know, you have investigated or explored
1: X. Yeah. And I mean even look at how many podcasts were I don't want to say cancelled but like stopped this year. Shows that are no longer they coming out. out. They ran out of steam. Like they've like I think we've gotten to that point where we've discovered is like you can't just say, I'm gonna make the show about such and such.
0: And then make it forever and ever and ever. Then make,
1: exactly, and then make it forever and ever yeah. and ever. It's just not It's not possible. Like, and then such
2: and such is sort of vague enough. You said people walking on grass, but it's usually like something kind of vague, like people reaching new heights.
1: Exactly, personal so the, stories about such and such. Like they're all so similar, like always right. just as a, a tweak on like, what This American Life does. Or uh, like what every... This American Life does. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're always just like a slight, like a little niche into something else.
2: I agree. It was something that was kind of impossible in the pub- in just the public radio days because you'd have a show and it was successful um, and it would get a following and then stations would fundraise around it. And the last thing that would happen was that show would ever, ever go off the air. The way the system was set up, it really favored shows staying on forever and ever. And this more, like, sort of disruptive atmosphere mm-hmm. is is really exciting. It's scary, but it's also exciting.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Makers, like, producers, young producers are getting bogged down working for shows. And, like, you don't get the opportunity to, like, explore making things differently or really, like, find your voice as a producer. But then if you're just, like, I'm going to do this for a little bit. And then I'll go and make this thing and work on this for a little bit. Like, it really gives makers... Um, a chance to sort of challenge themselves in different ways and, 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 you know, just f*** about and experiment and have fun.
4: Do do you think that um, part of what's led to that sort of new flexible atmosphere and, like, limited-run series is the number of places that are private as opposed to publicly funded? Like, the funding model of, like, these private production companies? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: The thing I can't forget about um, and that I loved... Was uh, when 74 Seconds, when everyone realized that they'd won the gold at 74 Seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, there were so many public radio producers that I talked to afterwards um, who are producers at public radio stations who come to the Third Coast Conference and were at the award ceremony and really care deeply about narrative long form work and are just like struggling to carve out that space within the public media mm-hmm. ecosystem. And I think that it was. Um, huge for them. People told me that they cried or they teared up. Um, It was this like triumph for all public radio. It was a triumph in that it like I think gave them energy and motivation to go back to their stations and say look this work is really important and it's being recognized. It didn't actually cause anything literally so like I'm really excited or hopeful that it could spill over into 2018 in terms of what people get the green light to make and and, and at least help in some way um, to, like, fight for them to, to get to make the kinds of things that they want to because, like, we love hearing that stuff a lot of the time. And it's still evolving and people are still figuring out how to, like, use a public radio newsroom to create um, a great podcast. But it's really exciting to me. Yeah. You know, it's
2: really interesting because there was a year that we were so excited that a podcast won a gold. (laughs) Now it has, like, totally flipped on its head. And now we're really excited that not only public radio, but that a public radio newsroom, NPR, could win the gold. And I agree with you. I'm I'm really excited about that. And it's something NPR actually couldn't do
0: on the radio. Yeah. And, like, maybe, yeah, those public radio producers were so cute because they're, like, the underdogs since they're in public radio, but they're also, like, in the newsroom, which is, like, the underdogs of the underdogs. (laughs) They also
2: did something that I hope we hear more of, which is taking a local story with national significance Mm -hmm. and telling that story in a way only they can for all of us who aren't right there. So that was a story of Philando Castile. That series told me that story in a way and no other way that I read about it totally. in national newspapers, yeah. but I heard it from that community, which was amazing. Yeah, Gwendolyn?
3: I really, really liked Heavyweight this year. Um, I liked the concept of the show a lot, and I think that this year, Jonathan Goldstein sort of went above and beyond, and I just think that the setup for that show uh is so great because there's inherent conflict built in to the premise. Someone wants to go back and clear something up that's been eating at them, and the whole and of course I love psychological stuff. So, so I really loved that, and I particularly liked the last episode in the second season where it's about him and his family mm-hmm. and his mom. And anytime you get into familial stuff, it's it's great for me. I just love it. And then of course there was where should we begin. Came into play this year. Should we oh, begin the Esther, Esther Perel? Perel. Oh, Esther- oh yeah. That might be oh, the yeah. thing I
0: can't forget. That drove me insane. Yeah. Right. That so, was the most emotional reaction I had to a single podcast episode or piece this year. I've listened to one episode of Esther Perel, and I think that I was like reeling for two days. Yeah. So I want to. A compliment? No, is that- <laughs> no. I mean, in a way, if it's if something's so sticky, maybe it is in part a compliment.
3: Well, so. I mean, I really loved listening to it, but I I also do it with with the understanding that it's an incredibly fraught setup, because um, you know it's a self selecting group that would of people that would get in front of microphones with a therapist and discuss intimate problems in their life in their marriage. Um, so right away, you've got questions of boundaries and question of what the motivation is for the for all three of them involved but all that aside still that that eavesdropping into other people's lives is endlessly fascinating to me regardless of the setup
0: totally no actually I was thinking when you started talking about so I had a friend listen recently one of those moments where a friend who does not listen to podcasts happens to be in a car for six hours and they need some recommendations so you have this in that you don't usually have and she listened to Esther Perel and then Heavyweight and she thought that Heavyweight was like so much more invasive and oh, sort of interesting, terrifying like on that level that somebody would have so much access to someone's like interior emotional life um, because he actually confronts people
2: Right. Jonathan Goldstein says we're going to try to find some resolution on this and he does it with humor, and he does it, you know, with cleverness. But Esther Perel is actually a trained psychologist. Yeah, and like how
0: often in how often in radio stories are we manufacturing a kind of therapy room in which people are having to enter their like totally fraught interior emotional lives and like unearth all of this stuff for the sake of the radio, like. I guess that did challenge my initial reaction to Sarah Perrell, which is, like, why are you recording someone's therapy? Because maybe there's a way that we make people do therapy in radio all the time. So maybe it's so not maybe that different. It's,
2: maybe it's okay because we're actually saying this is, this is what's happening. It is therapy. We're not trying to uh, present it as something that it's not. Maybe there's something good about that. Yeah, I don't know. So what are people looking forward to next year?
3: Oh, well, more seasons of the stuff I love. And
0: I guess you know, but also allowing them to do to make something else, right? Sorry. Oh, of course, absolutely. <laughs> okay. right.
2: I'm looking for more people to rethink the form. Um, I listened to Alone: A Love Story this year, which was a memoir, and I, there was so much of it that was so you know it was really kind of beautifully told as an essay. Um, I just want to keep being surprised this year because. I think there are an
0: infinite ways to tell an audio story. Mm. What I want is I'm remembering that um, when the um, allegations of um, harassment and um, abuse uh, and bullying against John Hockenberry came out, there was this, like, meta coverage of... Um, You know, toxic and unsafe conditions in the workplace at WNYC being done by WNYC reporters. It's still happening and it's like um, very impressive, I think. And there was this like special broadcast that they did called A Reckoning in Our Own House and it was live on WNYC. I was streaming it uh, online, listening to WNYC, to their special broadcast. I knew that there were people across the country listening too. And I was like, what if every night or on special moments when there's a hot thing to discuss, there is a live on-air terrestrial radio show, Colin, hosted by women somewhere that we are all listening to and live tweeting at the same time. That is what I want in 2018.
4: Well, my hope for 2018, and I think I say this every year, but um, I saw a lot of great movement in, like, the Spanish-language podcasting world in 2017. Uh, we had our foreign language winner was in Spanish um, at Third Coast this year, and there were some cool podcasts coming out in the United States in Spanish, too, out of, like, public radio stations as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of that in 2018. One thing that was also exciting was this year at the conference, we had, um, speaking at Provocations, Martina Castro deliver her provocation bilingually in English and Spanish, and the number of people in the room that were on board for that and laughing along to her Spanish-language lines was really encouraging and um I hope that they all go out and take that provocation and do something with it.
1: I'm just looking forward to more things that aren't stories, or like that tell stories differently, uh, outside of shapes and outside of forms, and like don't have clear narrative arcs. I like that.
0: Very mm-hmm. dense. I'm very
1: yeah. I know. I, I and and things like I think one of my favorite things I heard this year was a piece from Taiwan. We, when we talk, like, I even feel like earlier today we were having a conversation about foreign language radio, and like, and I was, and I was like, that literally just means Europe because that's yeah. all. I think it's like Western culture is audio culture, but I'm like, I want to know more audio from you know, from what what's going on in China, what's going on in Japan, what's going on in in the in Southeast Asia. Like, I am interested in that. People in those places can be working in audio easier than anything else, and like, yeah. getting that into their hands, and like, maybe they are doing something, and we just don't know about it.
0: Which is why um, we're opening up a whole new Third Coast office in Singapore. In Singapore. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to that.
2: <laughs> okay, I'll cool. be there with you.
0: Okay, our ears can go anywhere though if you email us.
2: Absolutely. Send us your favorites. Send us a thing that you can't forget.
1: Okay. Over and out. Thank you, everyone.
2: Well, bye. See you Goodbye. in
1: 2018. Bye. 2018. <laughs>